Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back on this beautiful Sunday morning. We couldn't have much nicer weather for the golf tournament. You know, we, we have been through those Phoenix Opens where it's rained a time or two. And, uh, you know, welcome all you Super Bowl fans out there, too. It's going to be a perfect weather for that game. Anyway, back to the phones. Karen and Chandler, good morning. Oh, hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just wondering, is it too late to prune a rose tree? Absolutely not. Now oh, that would be perfect, and you know you can cut it back and thin it out and reshape it. And you know if you want to do major pruning, you want to do it right now. Really, they haven't grown yet for the spring; it hasn't been warm enough. Good, good. Yeah, I usually do it in January, and I forgot all about doing that. Well, so. it was cold enough this January; it didn't mind not getting pruned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's all I needed to know. Thank you. Have a fine day. Okay. You too. Bye bye. Uh, Margaret in Youngtown. Good morning, Margaret. Earth to Margaret. Come in, Margaret. Margaret, I'm going to put you back on hold. I'm going to come to you next after Steve in Phoenix. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Brian. How yes, are sir. you? Good. How are you doing? Fine. Thank you. Uh, I have a plant. I have a problem with the yellow bell. Okay. I planted it uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And once I put it in the ground, uh, it flowers like crazy. But ever since, there is only one, once in a while, one flower pops up. Do you have uh, it? Do you it have it in a lot of sun, Steve? I get a lot of sun, yes. Okay, because they really need to be in quite quite a bit of sun, you know, full sun or, or at least five or six hours minimum a day of sun. Okay. So to- I trimmed it back last, uh, you know, last summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, the new growth are shoot up, but the tip of them are drying out. They, they, they well, what, what happens, Steve, is like in August and September, we have a little caterpillar that feeds on the new growth, and it will kill the new growth and stop the top. If you'll prune them back just moderately right now, just cut the dead tips off the end, and then stand back, it'll come back and bloom this spring. Okay. Well, okay. thank you. I thought I'm doing something wrong. It's no, no, it's, water. Yeah, it's fine. And, and water-wise, if it's watered heavy once a week, that's plenty of water. And uh, so it doesn't want to stay real wet. Okay, once a week's good. And cut the, the burnt tips off. That's probably caused by the caterpillars feeding on it. And spring is going to be here. So as soon as it hits about 85 degrees, it should bloom. Okay. I'll cut the tip of them off again. All righty. Thank so, you. Okay, thank you, Brian. Have a good day. Bye, Bye. Steve. Uh, Margaret, let's try that again. Margaret, good morning. Good morning. Hi. How are you doing? Wonderful. Listen, I, before I get started, I want to thank you for sponsoring PBS. And uh, I'll have to cut away from the Super Bowl to watch my two favorite programs tonight. <laughs> well, you can record them, you know. 
I don't have a recorder. <laughs> oh, you should get one. It's worth it. That's you know, all right. I'm watching it for those commercials anyway. Yeah, okay. you know, I I, I do got to have to I have to chip in, Margaret, that I love PBS, and I watch yes. PBS probably about sixty or seventy percent of the programs I watch are on PBS. Yes. And Star and, of the uh, Duke is tonight, and All Creatures Great and Small. Those are my favorites. <laughs> well, they have a lot of fun programs, and we enjoy sponsoring. I know. I really appreciate. It. But I my I planted my um, Fantex Ash. It's got a Southwest exposure. It's doing good. I got it from you probably in 18. I haven't fertilized it hard much. Already it's got the green uh, greenery on the stems. Mm-hmm. It's about eight feet high, I think. Should I top it a little bit or is it too late now that it's already got some green? Well, it, it probably really, Margaret, doesn't need to be topped. I okay, mean, Fantex okay. grow to a pretty nice form all on their own. And really, yeah. other than taking a few of the lower limbs off, don't require much pruning. I have taken, we have taken the lower limbs off because I, I like to know what's hiding under my bushes and trees. Okay. Well, but, yeah, as the canopy expands, you can do it. Yeah, well, once they get the, they'll get a coarser bark with time. Oh, they will. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to wrap it or nothing because it's too late now. It's well, how, how wide's the canopy? Uh, oh, dear. I'd say um, two feet. Not very wide. It's okay. not very fat yet. It's gotten well, taller. So, yeah, I, I would fertilize it, you know, right now. And okay. um, I wouldn't prune it up very high until the canopy gets broader so it can shade and protect itself more. Okay, so what kind of fertilizer? Uh, I can't get down to you guys. Well, no, easily. citrus food's fine. Any kind of citrus oh. food. miracle oh, Grow, okay. Peter's. Um, if you had 21-7 lawn fertilizer, that would be fine, too. Anything but weed and feed. Okay, that was my next question. Um, I got some, I got some Bermuda, but right now I've got a low level of a weed. In it's, I think it's a kind that, and I have a dog, so I haven't mm-hmm. used much in the backyard for weeding, mm-hmm. for getting the weeds out. But it's got uh, little tips. They're, they're short. It's short to the ground and it's spreading, and I think it's a kind that gets burrs on it, and it's right up to the tree now. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's growing in lawn or rock. It's growing in my, I have grass sort of in the backyard. Okay. All right. So, I mean, most of those clovers are different things, probably some kind of an oxalis. The Bermuda grass will choke it out with time. If So if you don't want to do anything to take it out, you don't have to. If you okay. wanted to spot spray it with some 2,4-D like weed be gone and just be careful not to get it on the tree or anything no, else, okay. just a little bit on the foliage, you can. Or you could just wait till you know, summer when the Bermuda grass really gets happy, fertilize your lawn, it'll come back and, and it'll cover over that area. Well, how do I, okay, to get the Bermuda come up, I have to get rid of the weeds because it doesn't seem to. Well, no, it needs heat. So the Bermuda grass isn't going to wake up and do much until it gets to be about 80 degrees. And then it's going to grow fast and it'll outgrow most weeds when it's hot. So you can just, you know, for right now, don't do much because it's too cold for the Bermuda grow. But fertilize your Bermuda grass in two or three weeks and it'll come and just keep it mowed short. It'll choke out the weeds. Okay, so one quick question. What's the, what's the time now to prune? I haven't done much of my yellow bell and my Texas bird of paradise in the backyard. I kind of let them go what they want to do, just keep them up off the ground a little bit. So, Well, if you want to do major pruning on, let's let this cold snap that we're going to have okay. this week be over and then come back and prune. And same kind of fertilizer. Can I use that Absolutely. 21-7 on everything? Yeah, you can use the 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer for everything, and it's fine. Oh, for the lawn, too? Oh, sure. great. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Have Mark. a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Catherine and Chandler. Good morning, Catherine. 
Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have two questions. So I have a meme tree that I put in um, two years ago, and it was I just let it grow. I didn't trim it or anything because one of the arborists I know said, you know, just let it go and then trim it. So because we've been having such warm weather, I was like, well, it's probably not going to freeze. And then I saw Thursday we might have a possible frost. So now I'm worried because I trimmed probably about 60 percent of my tree mm-hmm. so uh, do i have a lot to be worried about well, right it, now? <laughs> it is fairly frost tender you know and so if it's your favorite pet you've got it all exposed you know why it's running around naked it wouldn't be a bad idea to throw some frost cloth over it and okay. Uh, okay. you know that because that would help protect it i mean and they're a very tropical tree so they are fairly frost tender we haven't really had a freeze of any major concern you know in a long time mm-hmm. and even this winter thus far even like at our farms we've been down in the mid-20s but that's in the coldest parts of town out by queen creek so it just depends on how cold your house is Okay. All right. And then my second question is, I have a pomegranate that I put in last year this time, and it's about four feet now, and it's got about three foot branches that are going, extending out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I fed it yesterday, but I noticed when I was doing that, that there's little buds already coming on, and I didn't trim it yet. Should I wait till after Thursday to trim it, or can I trim it, it now? It matter. You can, pr- you can prune it today if you'd like to. Okay. Pom- pomegranates right, are pretty much, you know, very frost-hardy. You know, so a, a, light, a light freeze at 25 or 28 is not going to hurt a pomegranate at all. Oh, I didn't know that. So I was, oh, I was so concerned. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks, Catherine. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Fred and Sunny Slope. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. I was calling about the person last week who said he had 10 80-year-old grapefruit trees in East Mesa, and he's having a difficult time finding anyone to pick the fruit. And I can sympathize with him because I'm a senior citizen on a fixed income, and he might be also. What it boils down to is he said there's nobody doing any gleaning work anymore, and for over 30 years, I was involved in gleaning citrus out in Sun City. I had the contract to pick the sour oranges, 30 trees behind the Walgreens at 99th Ave and Greenway. So what I would advise that man to do is sell his property. <laughs> because, uh, it's just too costly for a senior the way yard work is. And anyone who wants to pick that tree is going to charge him a lot. And you suggested to him to go to the fruit stands. Well, obviously, they know about his trees, and they don't want to get involved. Well, the But you know what? I think the food banks might have some more gleaning crews available and working. So I would well, contact they're doing the some they do in Sun City. He should call the Sun City Pride. Thank you. Well, and I, and I think they do in uh, Mesa and also in Central Phoenix as well. Uh, let's see. Next up, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to have Dennis, Jerry, Rick, and Elaine, and then it could be you. We have one line available, and we have the lovely Sheila back here on the phones and the music. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. That she stood in the street, smiling from my head to her feet. I said, Hey, what is this? Now, baby, maybe, maybe she's in need of a kiss. I said, Hey, 
Let me tell you now. I took a home to my place. Watching every move on her face. She said, Look, what's your game, baby? Are you trying to put me in shame? Day it is for a Super Bowl. It looks like we have one line still available. Number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. Dennis and Glendale, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question about my jacarana tree. It's an adult tree, and does it get messier as it with age? <laughs> it does as it gets larger. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's been a funny winter for jacarandas this year. You know, it really wasn't cold enough to knock all the leaves off them, though it was, you know, fairly chilly. I'm surprised that it hasn't, they haven't defoliated more than they have. And uh, we've got a couple large ones at our home. And, and, and we were looking at ours the other day, my wife and I, it's probably time to do some major pruning on ours, but. No, they, they, you know, they're not, they're not so messy. I mean, they're going to be messy when, when April comes and they start to bloom. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that. I just, I just get lots of litter on the, on the ground. And I'm going, I, I don't remember it being this much, you know, last year. And Well, it's so just it's, different it's, weather it's, patterns. You know, they didn't drop all at once this year, Dennis, like they oftentimes do. You know, ours okay. still has a fair bit of foliage that's kind of dropping some. It can't make up its mind what to do yet. And, uh, well, it's with the weather we've had. We've had a prolonged cool season. You know, last yes. year we had a really hot October and a hot November. And this year, November was cool. So the tree's kind of like, oh, I'm happy. <laughs> and kind of has hung that way. It's been in limbo ever since. So, you know, it's, since it's sitting there in limbo, you know, it's uh, really not deciding what to do yet. But it will. One of these days it'll warm up. Then it'll drop the leaves. Then it'll come back out. Okay. Yeah, it's just, uh, I had all that litter, and I'm going, it's more so this year than any of my years, you know, I've had well, it for, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's just the weather, you know. It's just the just, weather. Yeah, and it's been different. I mean, it really has been different for the Jacarandas this season. Okay, I appreciate the information. Thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see, next up, we've got Elaine in Peoria. Good morning, Elaine. Hi, Brian. How are you? Great. Okay, so I'm going to ask some stupid questions. Are you prepared for stupid? <laughs> hey, I love stupid questions. I ask okay, them myself so all the time. I I love lobelia. I can't find any lobelia in the valley in plants. And I'm really start, starting to get weary of buying plants that are already planted because they're getting so dang expensive. So I was wearing and panic planting seeds. I don't do well with it, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You know, um, I'm not sure if the guys in the greenhouse plant our lobelia from seed or not. I think we buy plugs. Um, I'm pretty sure we buy yes. plugs. So we start you off with little, little tiny plugs. We should have six packs of lobelia. I mean, it's, at least that's one that you should be able to find in a six pack where you get, you know, not the giant plants, not the four inch, but the six pack plants. And I, I would say that we should have those, you know, at our, at our Glendale Avenue nursery today. They'll be open at, uh, at 10. And uh, if you'll call them, the one on Glendale Avenue would be the closest to you if you're in Peoria. 
Okay. So am I doing something wrong? With, when you plant seeds, are you supposed to separate them and everything when they get to a certain point? Well, like I say, the, the lobelias, you know, I, I'm not the... If we had Karen on the line today that, you know, was one of our propagators, she was probably growing it from seed before. I personally haven't. You know, right now what we do is we buy these little micro plugs that come from growers that propag- they, they start them in greenhouses, and then we start with a real small little plug, and then we plant them. And so we're not planting... But I mean, so. any... I'm wanting to plant, do a lot more planting with seeds, so I'm for anything. Well, no, you, anything. Can grow, you can grow a lot of things from seed. I mean, you could even try vinca from seed when it gets warmer. But uh, in the, in okay. the easiest thing to start from seed is the winter flowers. You know, so every year if you want to plant winter wildflowers in November, so you get the African daisies and poppies and all those kind of things, those are very easy to do from seed. But we normally are going to seed those to have the color in the spring. We're going to be planting those guys in November. But no, there's a lot of flowers you can plant from seed. You know, you could still plant some sunflowers if you wanted something tall. You know, there's there's a lot of flowers you can plant from seed and, and be very successful with them. Okay. I'll try it again. All right. Good luck to you, kiddo. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we got Rick and Surprise. Good morning, Rick. Hi, Brian. Thanks for your show. I've got an olive tree that looks more like an olive shrub. I'm looking at it right now, and I want to make it into a tree. It's about seven foot tall, four foot wide, with four trunks coming up. They're all pretty close in diameter, maybe anywhere from an inch to inch and a half. And I want some guidelines on uh, when I whack this thing, how to, you know, what, what should I try to do to give it this best? Well, you know, uh, of all trees that are long-lived and fun to prune, yeah. you know, olives are right up there on top of the list. I mean, it's a tree that can live oh. for over a thousand years, so we don't have to worry about killing it. And no matter what we okay. do, it's probably not going to kill an olive tree. <laughs> That's good. But, uh, you know, what we would traditionally do with an olive tree like that is we would grow it up into a multiple trunk tree. Okay, so we would start removing the lower limbs and suckers. You know, when the tree is about eight or nine feet tall, we'd take them off the bottom two or three feet. Okay, but leave enough canopy to shade the bottom wood because olive trees, if you prune them up too high all at once and the wood down at the base is exposed to the sun, you're going to get a tremendous amount of suckering off the bottom where the tree is trying to protect itself. So Mm -hmm. raise it up kind of gradually, thin it and shape it. And, uh, you know, the one thing to keep in mind anytime you're pruning a tree is is why are you going to prune the limb before you prune it? You know, not not what have I done to the tree after it's pruned, but but if you just take time, I love to prune trees. It's probably my, one of my favorite pastimes in the world. And um, I really love to prune trees, but, you know, it, it takes time and, you know, a little thought before you prune a branch off of what am I going to do to the form and the shape of this tree? And you can get all different kinds of opinions on the best way to prune. And uh, there's different thoughts and different things that work in different ways. But uh, if you're just mindful of why you're pruning, what you want to do with an olive tree is have a canopy big enough to shade the lower wood on the bottom. So you don't want to mm-hmm. just prune it up real high all at one time because then you're going to fight all the suckers down the bottom. You can grow it as high as you want to. You know, olive trees, some varieties can grow up to 35 feet or taller, and other ones will probably top out around 15 or 20. You know, the common ones that we have now are like the Swan Hill olive and the Wilson Eye olive, which are both fruitless, and those are both make about a 20 to 25 foot tall tree. Um, uh-huh. You can prune them and keep them whatever shape you want to, but as far as a fun tree to prune, you know, olives are really it. As far as time of year, this is a great time before they start to grow in the spring, uh, but you can also prune them, you know, right through the whole spring. You just don't want to expose wood on them to the full sun in the summertime. 
I've got that. And and you normally wouldn't, a tree wouldn't have four trunks all coming right from the ground, would it? Well, oftentimes it would. Now, if you bought a tree that was grafted, okay, so if it was a Swan Hill or Wilson Eye that was a grafted tree, um, and you're starting to see more than one trunk come off the ground, you've got some of the rootstock it was grafted to coming up as well, which, like on a Swan Hill, would be an oblonga rootstock, which may have olives on it. Does, does your tree have any olives? No, no. Okay. Uh-uh. So you might want to look and see if you can kind of figure out where it's grafted. Because if you're going to, you might have some shoots that are coming from the ground that are actually, you know, not part of the ones that are grafted or part of the rootstock. But the other thing is you might dig around the base of the trunk on that tree, too, and make sure that it wasn't planted deeper. So dig around the base of the tree and look for what's called the root flare. That's where the roots come out of the trunk. And if you find Mm -hmm. that's five or six inches below the grade, uh, take the dirt off the top. And you'll also then know that it's grafted and all the parts you're growing are grafted. And the other thing is with an olive tree, if they are grafted when the rootstock is coming up, the leaves will look somewhat different. They're different shape, a little different color. So you might just kind of check on that as well. But to grow a tree, an olive tree with three or four trunks from the ground, historically when they were all cutting grown or else, you know, grown from seed, that was a very common practice to grow a regular olive tree. Oh, okay. So I shouldn't, I should just uh, celebrate the three or four trunks coming from the ground and just let it grow that way. Well, unless, unless you, you know, basically go out and discover that it looks like, you know, one of those trunks is, yeah, Yeah. they were suckers or not. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Brian. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, Let's see next. We've got Richard in Phoenix. Hello, Richard. Hello, Brian. I really enjoy your show. Uh, I've got a question on this uh, chicken manure. Can you use that right away? Yeah, well, yeah, actually, chicken manure is a big difference on fresh chicken manure and, and, and composted chicken manure. If you have chickens around or chick, fresh chicken manure available to you, that's going to have far more nitrogen than any of the compost products that you can buy. And the fresh chicken manure uh, will, will basically be up to 10% nitrogen. So it's going to be pretty hot. So if you're using fresh manure, just be careful not to put too much on at one time. But you get a lot more advantage out of fresh manure. And what happens, the stink out of the manure, you know, really is a lot of the ammonia coming off the chickens, but that's also your nitrogen escaping. And uh, with chicken manure, one time we piled, we were able to get the raw stuff because of the wet conditions down in uh, Stanfield. We were able to get several hundred tons of raw chicken manure, and when we piled that along the field, the prevailing wind turned the whole palm tree farm iridescent green. So just be careful with the fresh stuff, you know, not to put too much on, but the fresh is best. The fresh is best. Okay, all right. That's great. That's what I needed to know. I, I called you last, uh, uh, actually, it was the end of May, 1st of June, and I told you I had a problem in San Diego over my house when after the, the students moved out I, with a lot of snails. Mm-hmm. And you told me to put beer in a, in a pour it into a, a lid of a jar uh-huh. and put it out there. What you didn't tell me is should I use a domestic or an imported beer? Well, you know, you, you, those, with all those young students around and stuff, they're going to have the IPAs now. So those are probably stronger than average snails, so you might have to go to bourbon. Oh, all right. Okay. Actually, it, it, it worked. Not, not really. The bourbon won't work, Richard. <laughs> no, but the beer worked. I yeah, tried it. The, the beer does work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Have okay. a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, you too. Bye-bye.
Oh, it looks like Patricia Patricia, Patricia Valencia has wandered into the studio again. So we're going to become enlightened and find out what's happening around the planet. And in the meantime, we do have three lines available. So you can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. And we'll be right back after we find out what's happening from Patricia Valencia with the news. Here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. And I dream in the morning that she brings me water. And I dream in the evening that she brings me wine. Just a poor man's daughter, poor Pinasco, Evangeline, old Mexico. There's a great hot desert south of Mexicali, and if you don't have water, boy, you better not go. Tequila won't get you across that desert to Evangelina, old Mexico. I can remember as, as, a, as a young, young man going there when all the ships were wooden. And uh, boy, it's amazing how fast things change in life. And now they catch the shrimp with all these big metal boats. Anyway, welcome back and uh, take a minute to invite you out to uh, any one of the grocery stores around town selling our citrus. You know, it's citrus season here now. And the Mineola Tangelo season started. And we won't pick our Mineola Tangelos at Whitfields until they taste good. And you know what? Now they're delicious. So you can go to Albertson stores, Albertson Safeway. And all the uh, Sprout stores have our Tangelos in them now. Whole Foods has our Tangelos. And right now they're at Food City. But later this week, uh, we'll have the ones in Bashes and AJs as well. And you can tell the ones that we grow here locally. A little label on the side says Silver Canyon Citrus. And we appreciate all of our partners here and all the great support we have for our local produce. And we have local uh, lemons, limes, let's see, Meyer lemons there now, and uh, navels as well. So stop by any one of our great stores here around town and uh, taste some local citrus or, you know, borrow some from your neighbor's yard. Let's see, next up we've got Robert in Scottsdale. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, great show, but I think you know that you've done it for a long time. <laughs> I am getting a little older, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That's a good thing, though. Good thing. Um, I have. Um, I've had. I've been in the same house for about thirty-five years, so I've gone through a few different items in my backyard, and one of them, a pyracantha, had a giant one there that I removed over. 20 years ago. And then I replanted with two new ones that are about 10 years old. And now all of a sudden, one of them's got kind of dead growth. As you well know, pyracanthas, they grow the growth on the front, and then it kind of dies toward the back where it can't get sun in. And all of a sudden, the leaves are turning brown, and and the branches are a bit brittle. And I'm not sure if it's gotten poisoned, if it's hit something that it just doesn't like, and it's killing it. 
You know, such, yeah, that's says so, okay. So it's not like a rusty color, like it's got a spider mite on it, or like a dingy brown to the well, leaves. Well, I know they're susceptible to to aphid and and spider mites and that, and we've got a lot of um, Italian cypresses in the back too, just to give you an idea of my backyard. And then I also have a little John that kind of has the same thing happening. It's got the the I wouldn't call it rust; I'd call it brown. Uh-huh. Rust would be a deeper. Um, it's a brown color in nature. And then that I thought was just getting overwatered because it was in a pot. So I cut the water off completely, the drip line off completely, and I trimmed it back. But I just wasn't sure if I should get in there and just kind of like just go ahead and trim it. I don't have a lot to lose if I do trim it. Well, Robert, it's not going to hurt the pyrocantha to, to trim at all. You know, a pyrocantha can live here, you know, over 80 years, I know, because I know where some 80-year-old ones are. Um, but thinning them out, you know, and those, the, the old ones I know, of for on a flood irrigation cycle, you know, where they're watered mm-hmm. once a month in the winter and once every two weeks in the summer. I've been very healthy, but they're getting good deep irrigation that way. But pruning them out and opening them up will, you know, definitely not hurt anything. And then feeding them with a, uh, you might, you, what you might try on them though, you might try a systemic on them. Let, let them go ahead and go through the bloom cycle first, not to hurt any bees or anything, but they're going to bloom here pretty quick. But maybe after that, try some intimidichloropid like, uh, you know, something for the mites, because I think a lot of your problem might be mites on them as it goes along. Oh, okay, good. And uh, they really like chelated iron. So if you had a fertilizer that had chelated iron, that would probably help them a lot as well. Okay, chelated iron. I I have to be honest, I just put a general um, standard uh, uh, fertilizer on them because I've really never needed to do anything. I have another plant to the do right of it, so I'm looking north and do right of it, and it's in perfect shape, not affected. And that's what was kind of scaring me that I had something that was infecting it. So I'll try the mites. I really I'll go look again and see if the yeah. If well, I can you can see. tell with the mites by just taking a white piece of paper and beating the foliage on the white paper, and then oh, you'll, you'll see them start to move. But they're pretty pretty tiny little guys. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's the perfect time to get them healthy again you haven't used any herbicides around have you no no i haven't there's nothing it's pretty pretty fantastic on i get a little clover in my yard in the front have no yard in the back and i I use just a very mild to get rid of the clover and that normally works and it's a spot thing not like a big broadcast thing well good luck to you sir thanks for the call no problem thanks for helping me out appreciate it uh jerry and tollison good morning jerry Yeah, good morning. Yeah, I got two questions and a gardening tip. What do you want first? Well, let's hear the questions first, and then we'll do the tip. Or however you'd like, Jerry. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, this previous caller, he just was wondering about his pyrocanthus. Didn't you used to uh, tell us <clears throat> that uh, it was that... A fire blight that hit pyrocantha? Well, there used to be a lot of fire blight we'd see around Jerry, and I haven't seen so much anymore. And I, I think part of it's because it doesn't have the host. You know, we used to see it a lot with pyrocantha and flowering pears. But there's just yeah. so few around yeah. anymore. It doesn't seem to spread, or maybe the weather's been a little different. But we used to see the fire blight, and you know what that would do is turn the ends of the branches. Just look like it took a torch to them and turn them brown, yep. black eventually. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another question. Uh, How do we identify your American mesquite? 
Uh, are they grafted? They're grafted, so you'll see it's pretty unusual to have a mesquite with a graft, number one. And if, if we can keep everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing, we should have a little white tag on there that says Whitfield Nursery, and it's got the plant patent number on it as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, one of my customers got one. It never gets any water, but it's it's a uh, nice, small, little... Uh, I don't know what it is. Well, it won't, if, it, if it's staying, if it's staying small, it uh, it's either not getting any water, which that'll keep it small. But um, yeah, because yeah, the American mm-hmm. mesquite, if it gets water, will get big. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. Uh, anyway, uh, I've got a, a south facing wall, and it's painted white. I started <clears throat> planting my tomatoes alongside this wall. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, it's uh, it was originally infested with Bermuda grass. I tried digging it out, but I gave up. So now <clears throat> I just plant my <clears throat> tomatoes inside of a five-gallon nursery container without a bottom, <clears throat> and <clears throat> by golly, it keeps the grass from growing up through the uh, tomato plants. And I just let the grass grow around it and it seems like maybe it helps keep it cooler in the summertime it probably would help you keep it cooler and you remember that as long the green grass grows all around all around you know so yeah (laughs) hey jerry thanks for the call have a nice weekend it is a good idea bye-bye uh let's see next up we have uh, robbie and gilbert good morning robbie Hello, Robbie. Hi, Brian. That was Bobby, not oh. Robbie, but I'll go by Robbie too. That was my mom. <laughs> That's right. for me. Well, we we had my great grandmother. We called her Mama Robbie. You know, oh, <laughs> her last name was go. Robinson, so we called her Mama Robbie. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to get a hybrid tea rose today in honor of my dad, and I have two choices. I can. Planted um, in a south-facing garden or an east-facing garden. And, of course, the east will get some shade uh, in the hottest part of the summer. What is your suggestion for Well, let, let, let me ask you this. Um, so they'll grow either place. And either one's a pretty good location for one. You'll probably get better blooms, okay, in the spring and fall being on the south side than the east side. But the foliage will look better on the plant growing on the east side. So you have to decide which is more important to you. Well, it's an easy choice. I'll buy two. Well, that sounds like the winning solution to me, Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'll truck down there today and pick up two of them. All righty. Thank you, Bobby. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we have Patricia and Tippy. But after Patricia, we've got wide open phones for the first time in a while. And we have the lovely Shira back here smiling. All you have to do is give her a call and you can be up after Patricia. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, good morning. Can you hear me okay? Very clearly, very clearly. Uh, okay. I have a... a about a 40-year-old pine, and right now it's losing pine needles like crazy, but there's still lots of brown ones. Is 
it healthy or do I need to do anything or is this just a progression? Well, sometimes this time of year, it hasn't really been as much yet, but it probably will be over the next few weeks. A lot of the pine trees, especially the big Aleppos, get attacked by, by two things, aphids and mites. Okay, So this would be an excellent time to feed it. And it would also be an excellent time to put on um, a systemic insecticide. So you can buy a bare or like grub control or bare tree, you know, general purpose insecticide that you put around their tree and you water it in. And that goes into the soil, makes it toxic, you know, to the aphids and mites. And this is the time of year when there's going to be a problem. And if you'd also fertilize it this time of year. You know, we got our big pine trees and, and sometimes we just neglected them. But over the last several years, a lot of them around town have not done as well because of our war winters. Now, this is a more traditional winter, but uh, with the warmer winters we've had, some of them are kind of worse shape. So, if you'd want to go ahead and fertilize it right now, it would be the perfect time of year to feed it, and it's going to bud out and grow pretty fast in March and April. Okay, what kind of fertilizer? You could use like a citrus food or a 21714 lawn fertilizer, 101010. Any of those should be fine. Oh, okay. And tell me again, what is the insecticide? Well, the active ingredients in aminochloropid, bear makes most of them, but it could be a bear grub control. It could be a bear, you know, tree um, insecticide. But if you look for the bear manufacturing company, they make most of the chemical, the active ingredients in aminochloropid, okay, and you will put it on around the soil and water it in. Okay, and then put down the fertilizer? Well, yeah, you put it down at the same time if you want to because you're going to need extra water to water your, your fertilizer in, too. Okay. And how does your pine tree get water, Patricia? Uh, just by sprinklers, and then I put extra water on it during the summer months. Okay, so is it out in the lawn area then? Yes. Okay. Yes, what, it is. What works really well to, if you want to push all this down at one time, is those little, you know, lawn sprinklers, the little round ones that go on the end of a hose that spray like a 10 or 15 foot diameter spray. You know, you could put all your fertilizer uh-huh. and everything around the tree and then run one of those sprinklers so you're just watering extra heavy and deep the area right around the pine tree and just run it for like 10 or 12 hours and give it one good deep soaking this time of year. And that'll be wonderful for your tree. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you for the info. I appreciate it. Thank you, and have a nice weekend. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Christine and Mesa. But after Christine, we have open phones. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's Brian and Shira here every Sunday morning with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Search my 
welcome back, folks. And we have to move on with the program, too. Thanks, Jimmy. But a uh, beautiful day out there. You know, if you're looking for something to do before the Super Bowl, you come out and see us at Whitfields. We grow trees all kinds, all sizes, from 15 gallons to 48-inch box. We deliver and plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery, for four generations, we've been growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, next up, we've got Christine and Mesa. Good morning, Christine. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I have two, I think, quick questions. The first is, our oranges are smaller this year than they have been in past years, so I need a refresher on how much water they should get in the summer and in the winter. Are these old trees, Christine, or the young trees? No, they. we've had them for 20 or 25 years. Okay. So are, are they, do you have flood irrigation, or how do you water? Yeah, we do flood, flood irrigation. Okay, so flood irrigation, if you get a good deep irrigation on that cycle, should be all they require. In a lot of the Mesa, we have pretty heavy clay soil, too, which retains a lot of moisture. And for our own groves out in Mesa, we're right on the Mesa-Queen Creek border on Germain, uh, we haven't irrigated our trees since the second week of December because we had enough rain in there and their soil moisture is still good. So we go out and check the moisture. But with the cool December that we've had, we haven't watered as much. Now, we'll probably start watering some of the parts of the grove this week and we fertilize with uh, organic chicken manure so we have to kind of do it all season long but this is for a, a traditional uh, you know grove if you're going to fertilize them at home this is the perfect time to feed them right now just before an irrigation and like the 16.84 you know uh, citrus food works very well but for a big tree if you wanted to grow fast and put the most fruit out you want to put you know about three pounds of nitrogen per year on a tree and if you look at the bags it's about 16% nitrogen. So, you know, out of a 10-pound bag, you're only going to get a pound and a half of nitrogen. So that means that over the course of a year in three fertilizations, you'd put 15 or 20 pounds per tree. Now, you don't have to fertilize that much. Citrus trees will stay pretty healthy with less. But if you're trying to grow the biggest, best, that's how you would do it. Great. One final question. I've got an area that I want to put a plant in. I need what I will call a medium large plant that grows low maintenance with little with with a lot of shade. And I'm thinking bird of paradise, but I need a suggestion. Okay, so you want it to grow in the shade, or you want it to grow and give a it, lot of shade? No, I it, it it needs to grow in the shade. Okay, and so it's un, under the shade of a tree or something. Yeah, it's on the north side of our house, and there's a there's a large tree there. It does it gets a lot of shade there. Well, what will grow a lot faster there than a bird of paradise would be a philodendron. You okay, know, like a split leaf philodendron. The bird of paradise really do like quite a lot of sun. You know, and so that makes it a little tricky here in, in Phoenix because we get such intense light and so much intense sun that a bird of paradise really does best with an eastern exposure or a southern with maybe a tree to the west side of it so it can get more light and bloom. If you're putting it in and it's pretty dense shade, you're not going to get the bloom, so you might as well grow a faster plant. And, and that's where you can come in and grow that uh, philodendron and it'll grow very fast and give you that tropical look. Now, there's another plant that's called an awabuki, okay, viburnum, which is a big leaf viburnum, which grows very well in the shade too, has big, shiny, pretty leaves on it, and uh, would, would do well there. And you know, I, I don't think you'd really want to try anything too much that's going to flower because you're not going to have much luck with flower in the shade. Okay. And how big does philodendron get? Uh, well, when I grew up with them in Sunny Slope, they're six feet tall. Okay, perfect. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Christine. Bye bye.
Uh, Nancy and Mesa. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Brian. Thank you so much. I have a quick question for you. We have a young uh, citrus tree in our yard. We didn't plant it. It was here when we bought the house. I would have to guess it's probably four years old. It has been doing great. It was um, very lush and really starting to you know, get a lot of, of leaf growth and everything. And all of a sudden, in the last, I would say, three weeks or so, it is just dying 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 and we've checked the water supply it's it's you know it's getting water nothing has changed in the care or the light or you know it's it's a stationary obviously it's stationary so do you have any ideas i heard you mention to one of the other callers a few callers ago you asked him if he had ever had any um any weed killer around it Uh our yard guys were here about three weeks ago Uh our yard crew and they were putting down pre-emergent and i'm wondering if some pre-emergent got on well, pre- pre-emergent wouldn't hurt it, okay but if they okay, happen to use okay. a product called ortho ground clear okay which people think of it as a pre-emergent but it's not and it's toxic and it's really bad for trees i would try to find out what they used but um, okay. even the ortho ground clear normally would just have stopped its growth it wouldn't kill it that way the first thing i would do is go dig around the tree and, and find out okay. where the root flare is in fact i'm gonna have to put you on hold i'll give you some more information off the air okay okay and Curtis and Mike and Frank, if you guys are patient, I will be too, and I'll take you off the air. Appreciate the calls today, folks. Let's go out and celebrate the diversity of life. Let's call it a football game. We've got all kinds of talent out there, some of the best athletes in the world. Let's see everybody go to the game and have fun and, uh, you know, have a good time and, and watch these guys play as a team. You know, it takes the quarterback, the linebackers, the big, ugly linemen. You know, it takes that little guy who's supposed to be faster than the linemen. But when we play together as a team, we're always successful. And uh, that doesn't always mean we win. That just means we're successful. But when we enjoy each other's company and have the fun we can, that makes us Americans. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Have a nice, safe Super Bowl weekend.